Okay, I'm pulling on my driveway. We all know what that means. It's time for another drive to work. Okay. Well, it turns out that Matt Cavada has been having car problems and needed to take his car into the shop. So we all know what that means. Carpool with Matt Cavada. Okay, so I'm going to go pick up Matt. Uh, and what I've done is I've chosen a topic that I thought would be a good one for me and Matt to discuss. So last time I had Matt, uh, I drove Matt to work, um, we talked about flavor text. But this time, we're going to talk about names. Now, for those that don't remember, um, Matt, Matt, Matt uh, has actually worked at Wizards twice. The first time he worked at Wizards, um, he was on the creative team in charge of names and flavor text. Um, now he does, he's in charge of a look and feel of magic packaging. Um, maybe one day we'll do a podcast and talk about that. But today, talk about his old job. Now, the interesting thing is I, back in the day, um, was also very involved in names and flavor text. In fact, for both Unglued, Unhinged, and Odyssey, I was in charge of the flavor text and the, the names and the flavor text. So when we talk names today, both Matt and I have had some experience naming things. Um, also, one of the things that we'll talk about today is that um, in design, sometimes I will make honest attempt at names. We'll talk about that when I pick them up. Uh, that part of doing design sometimes is trying to get the right name. Uh, there's a naming person, if that doesn't work out, to give it the right name. Um, but we'll, we'll talk about that today. Anyway, um, I'm on the way, way to pick him up. He lives very nearby, so I will get him momentarily. Um, but anyway, I always like having Matt in the car. And uh, when I found out yesterday that he... So one of the things you have to understand is what will happen is... Matt will uh, you know, talk to me at work and say, oh, I need a ride. Can I get a ride with you? And then I'm always like, you know, do you feel up for a podcast? And he's like, sure. Uh, I think Matt enjoys the podcast. Um, I've gotten really good feedback. People like when Matt is carpooling with me. Um, just get a little different, change things up. Most of my podcast is me babbling on. But then you get me and Matt babbling on together. So a little different dynamic. Um, oh, I'm caught in traffic from school because I'm, I'm leaving right... Uh, Normally what happens is, for those who care, is uh, I get my kids off and ready to school, and then right after they go, then I hop in the car and I go. But if I go right after, if I go too quickly, I, I get caught up in the school traffic, which, which is... Uh, see, Matt, it turns out, lives across the street from the school. Um, but anyway, uh, we're almost there. By the time I get there, Matt should be ready and waiting. Um, anything else I can tell you to sort of set this up? Um... What can I tell you to set this up? I don't want to give away any good, juicy stuff that we're going to talk about. Um, I mean, one, one of the things that I, I, can, I, I can bring up, I guess, is um, be aware that every year we make over 600 cards. Uh, and of those six, I mean, brand new cards. I'm not talking about repeats. 600 new cards. Now, of those cards, a few of them are, are reprints in the sense that, you know, they have new, a new treatment, but they're the same name. So... Uh, but I would say there's at least 600 names a year that we make, because we make over 600 cards. Let's assume a few of them are, are reprints. Um, so we have like 600 names to do. Uh, so that's, as, we, as Matt and I are talking about, I mean, this Magic's 20 years old, um, you know, at 600 names a year times 20, uh, that's 12,000 names so far. I mean, Magic has over 13,000 cards, but let's assume some of those are reprints. So 12,000 unique names. That's a lot. The English language, uh, it's, it's got lots of words in it, but uh, not an infinite number. Um, and we're going to talk today a lot about uh, names as a resource. I think that's something that most people don't think about. But when people ask me about what, is the, um, what are the true like, limitations, like what are the resources that we have to be most careful about using up, uh, names are one of them. 
uh, and that a good, clean, crisp, cleaner name, there, there's a f- very finite number of those. Um, and one of my big pet peeves is early in Magic, we uh, wasted some really, really good names, especially early, early Magic. Uh, like, one of the ones that always burns me is there's a card in uh, Legends called Teleport, and it's the worst. It's a horrible card. And I'm like, really? Teleport? We burned Teleport on that card? Um, there are a bunch of ones like that. But anyway, so today we will be discussing uh, what it takes to make names, what exactly what names need, what are the qualifications for names, and then we'll probably share a few stories about just names we liked, you know, some of the, some of the cards we named and how we got the names. Um, it'll be a name of Palooza once I pick Matt up. So the fun part is I'm sitting here in traffic trying to like make, you know, like I'm, I'm trying to entertain you while not giving away the very topic I want to discuss with Matt. So, but luckily we're always, almost there. Um, and like I said, I, I always have, I enjoy having Matt. I, I, a, I like, I like Matt and I like carpooling with Matt. But B, I like having Matt on the show because it is a change of pace. I had a bunch of people ask me, by the way, if I could have other guest stars. The problem is, I mean, I have, uh, Ethan Fleischer was on once, but because I drive to work, I mean, Matt lives right near me, so he actually carpools with me, but it is tricky to get other people to be in the car on my way to work. That's why there's not a lot of, uh, not tons of guest show opportunities with other people. If they come up, I will, I promise I will try to do them if they, if they occur. But, uh, thus far, uh, Matt is the number one option. Okay, I'm pulling over here. Is Matt here? Let's see. I do not see Matt. Where is Matt? Okay, we have to go. Oh, there he is. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, it's Mr. Matt Cavada. Dun, 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 dun. Hey, Matt. So until you get in the car, I have to do a monologue where I set everything up. So I've been trying to explain who, like... That you have two different jobs. One day they're supposed to do an interview about your other job, but this is about your old job. Yes. Um, one, one day we'll talk about product packaging and uh, I'm less enthralling than names and flavor text. So today's topic is names. So we're talking about, we talked about flavor text last time. Um, so I, I, before you got in the car, here's the thing I started with. I said that names are a very valuable resource. That If you looked at magic and said, what are the things we're going to run out of quickest? I don't think people would necessarily think of names as being one of those things, but but it is. Well, good names. <laughs> well, I mean, simple names, yes. Yes. Um, That's true. Blanks, blah, we can do it at the end of time. Well, I have found even in the, the job that I do now um, that card names and in some cases uh, keywords and whatnot even step on the toes of um, other work that we do. Uh, for example... We can't write a product tagline that uses the word storm that doesn't mean storm. Uh, yeah. We can't use the word legend unless it means legend. Right. And those are both really good, powerful words that uh, are evocative and yeah. in a lot of cases would help um, sell a concept. So. so what we could do is we could sit down with Dog and figure out the most key words we need for packaging and start making mechanics named after those things and completely make your job impossible. <laughs> it's, already, it's, it's already pretty challenging, given we have, what, 15,000? Uh, there's 13,000 plus magic cards. Yeah. I think there's about 12,000 unique names. That's the math I did before like we got that here. That plus all the keywords? Right, plus there's that's, 100 that's, keywords. That's and, so. and the funny thing is, you want to pick really good words for names and keywords and everything. Yep. 
And then you end up stealing from yourself those really good words. Yes. Catch 22. Yeah, one of, one of the things that keeps coming up that's kind of a, I don't know, an ethical debate among R&D, which is, is there a point at which we reclaim words that just didn't really, like, it's on a dumb card, no one yeah. ever plays, do we just go... I, the one I brought up before you got in the car was Teleport, yeah. which is the card in Legends. It's like, no one probably ever played that card. It's a horrible, horrible card. I'm like, really? Teleport? We lost Teleport for that? Right. So. Yeah, it's true. Uh, if we could go back to all the, uh, like, either one-word card names or, um, like, singular concept card names yeah. that are on non-repeatable Right. Cards and just have those back. Yeah, there's a point at which, and I, I was in run for this, where we started realizing that names were important. And like, oh, yeah. about maybe four or five years in, we're like, okay, okay, we got to be very careful. We got to mark when things are supposed to be repeatable or not. Although, although the problem we had back then was we thought that things with keywords wouldn't be repeatable. So we, we, we sort of uh, didn't put some clean words in things we wanted to do and other right. things, you know. But we've been better in something we're very, like, in the file right now, when you get handed a file to do naming, usually there's notes saying, we think this is repeatable. Right. Do we uh, still use the word promotable? Uh, Does that even exist anymore? It might. Um, so promotable means that um, uh, this is a card simple enough that it could go in a core set. Mm-hmm. Uh, and usually those are the kind of cards that it's very easy for us to put in another expert expansion. Um, and one of the things that's tricky about names, I guess we can get, let's get into the nuts and bolts of making, making card names, is that the name of a card has a very, very important function, which is, it's how everybody refers to it, right? It is the, you know, a, a card does a lot of things, but it all gets boiled down to one thing as far as how everybody refers to it, and that's the name. Uh, and the name has a lot of, like, jobs, right? It has a lot of things it has to do. So... One of the more important things that it has to do is um, roll off the tongue nicely while playing. Yes. Um, one of the things we try to do, and we don't do this exclusively, but we try to have um, active spells be named as verb or verbable yes. nouns. Um, so when you're playing, you don't have to say, you know, I, I play my three mana such and such. You can say... I lightning bolt you, or I do this or that to you. Right, so one, one of the tricks, usually usually instants and sorceries tend to be verbs. I mean, sometimes we get metaphorical, but usually they're verbs. Um, although one of the tricks we'll do sometimes, and lightning bolt's a perfect example, where lightning bolt happens to be a noun, but bolt is a verb. Yes. And so when I say I bolt you, it sounds right because the word bolt happens to also be right. a verb. There's quite a bit of wordplay, at least in the English language, on uh, magic cards. Um, and I am not, you know, totally well-versed in what happens to those once they get localized. Uh, uh, well, well, here's a, real quickly, I, I know a little bit about this. So we, each language, and we're in 11 languages now, each language has a, a translator or a team of translators and that their job is to take whatever the name is and then apply it to their local language and each language has its own, you know, quirks they have to right. deal with. Um, but one of the things that's funny is that this came up a while ago. Um, English is a very robust language. We have more words than some other languages. In fact, English is one of the most robust languages. And so the problem is, 
we will name cards something where we're having nuance yeah. to the name. In other languages, like, here's a classic example is, in some other languages, there are, like, maybe two or three words for a dead thing. You know, English has, like, 50 words for a dead thing. And they're, and they're like, you're killing us, you know, because we have, you know, ghoul and zombie and all these different, you know, subtle type things. And they're like, uh, guys, we have two words. Yeah. Yeah, I imagine that there are some wonky and uncomfortable card names in other languages. Yep. But th- that's where the difference between localizing and translating comes into play, is that... that the person in that other country might have to attempt to hit the same sort of flavor note we've created, but with their own wordplay and customs or whatever, comes out totally different. Yeah, it's, it's funny. Um, this ended up not happening, but when Unglue 2 was going to happen, the set, the set that never came out, um, the Japanese market said that they wanted to have, they wanted to print it. And so we were going to translate Unglue 2 into Japanese. And so I had this, Ron Foster, who um, works at our office, by the time was the translator, the Japanese translator, I have this document that are his notes on my names for Unglue 2, which are hilarious. Hopeless. Because, like, just things in which I was making a reference, because, like, we don't have that, you know. Um, and one of my jokes was, there, there's a card in Unglued called um, uh, The Cheese Stands Alone. And I was joking in Japan be the cheese has no honor. <laughs> okay, so we're, we're going to name... Hold on, there's another... Uh, there, are, there are another couple of semi-ridiculous constraints when it comes to naming cards. Okay. Um, one of them is length. Um, there have been times where we were forced to use different card names than we had, you know, would have chosen otherwise. I have an example. Because of... <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure I know which one you're going to give. Because the the rules text and or the mana cost soaks up all of the available room for the words. Um, I, are you so, thinking of a perfect dragon? Oh no, I'm not. Oh, that's no? a good one. Well, you do that one, and I'll do my one. We'll, okay, go ahead. So what, well, you, you go first. Well, I, as I understand it, the the card tech. Yeah, T E K. Um, unassuming little three letter name uh, for a big crazy monster um, came into being because the rules text were so long Correct. the longer name would have forced a smaller point size yes right in order because it, it was a card in which they had referred to the name a bunch of times and so the only way they could print the, the rules text was if the name was super short yes. and so it has the name tech because it, it, a three letter word was all that could fit to make the rules text work right so here's an example where we changed the name by the way is in Mirage there's a card called Spirit of the Night Originally, it was Spirit of the Night Stalker, and it just didn't fit. Right. And so we had to shorten it to Spirit of the Night from Spirit of the Night Stalker. That, uh, there was a card in uh, the first Ravnica that had to get a shortened name because the mana cost was so so thick. It was it was a Demir card. I can't remember what it is. Some big, crazy monster, but it needed a short name just to fit. Yeah, that, so something that also happens, people are completely unaware of, is... Sometimes the name and the the mana cost will fight. Yeah. And so either we have to shorten the name or shorten the mana cost. And the way you shorten the mana cost is have less colored mana and more. So, you know, that way you can get rid of a bubble or two. Right. Um, And then there's fights between development and creative of which is more important. You know, having it one less mana, you know, one less colored mana or having this better name. Oh, speaking of uh, Ravnica names, the... um 
the original name for uh, the dragon, Niv Mizzet, mm-hmm. was Niv Mizzet Strix. Okay. <laughs> it had like 46 letters, 12 <laughs> syllables. Um, that didn't pass the test on so many levels. It didn't fit. You couldn't refer to itself in the text box. There wouldn't be enough room. And it's just unpronounceable and unspellable. It just failed in so many ways. I remember going through a whole bunch of iterations with other people in the editing and creative teams to come up with something uh, that was easily grokkable, that so, had anything to do with his name. So let's, you bring up a good point, we can segue to this point, which is, what do names have to do? I don't think people are even aware of a lot of the... Uh, but the guidelines we have on names. So one is it needs to be pronounceable, mm-hmm. which you, you would think, by the way, um, there was a card called Knight Errant that was in like the starter game that was a one W two two, and we had we had folk uh, we had task focus is group that tasks. How you pronounce it? I, I don't pronounce it that way. <laughs> but go ahead. Well, we had focus groups, and what we do is we watch people who have never played before behind a glass. And then we watch them play. Um, and we have no guidance. So, so time and time again, this name, like they would stop and spend minutes on this name trying to figure out how to pronounce it instead of learning how to play the game. And like, you know, it's your absolute worst nightmare. Like the last thing you want is people like, instead of focusing on learning how to play, it's like, how is this pronounced? Um, and uh, That's got to happen a lot then because Knight Errant, at least that's yeah. how I pronounce it, seems like it's on the easy end of the spectrum. And I'm saying that and that's my point is there are things in which um, you think would be easy and then just like I know on names on proper names one of the big problems is you know, words that are pre-existing words that people know there's a good chance they know how to pronounce right. them obviously but when you're making up words I mean that's another big thing is we make up words right yes um, in fact in fact one there's a lot of stories in which some classic stories where the artist didn't realize we didn't make up the word. So my favorite is uh, Rootwalla. So Rootwalla was originally Chuckwalla. And Chuckwalla is an actual kind of lizard. Right. And so we gave it to um, an artist. And the artist didn't realize that it was a real type of lizard. He knew it was a lizard, but he thought we had made it up. So he just did what he thought was a fun fantasy lizard. And then we changed the name because it wasn't actually a Chuckwalla anymore. Right. and became a Rootwalla. Um, but so, right, when you make names, they have to be pronounceable. They have to be something that people usually know what it is. Right. Um, one of our rules, we call these 25 cent words, which is we allow a little bit of vocabulary, but we try to keep it out of common. Um, like a classic example is, oh, that's true. I can go in the carpool lane. I forgot that I'm in a carpool today. We're, we're stuck in traffic and Matt is pointing out that like everyone in the carpool lane is driving by us. And I'm like, oh yeah, carpool. Um, so for example, in Tempest, uh, there's a car called Ledger Domain. Oh, yeah. Uh, so Ledger Domain, if you don't know, is a very fancy word to mean sleight of hand. You know, it means for, it's, a, it's magical. Sure literally in French, that's what it means. It might, yeah, it might just mean that in French. Um, and I remember the time we had this big debate about, like, is it too big a word? Um, although I... I, for one, appreciate that uh, every once in a while peppering in um, some scripts, spelling B words, uh, because, frankly, I feel like magic is a, is a game for thinkers and that doesn't seem out of bounds to me no no so uh, I often get letters in fact I have some, a great story I'll tell you one story because this is an awesome story um, well, people will write into me to, to explain to me how like magic helped them in some way 
So one, one of my absolute favorite stories. So a guy writes in and he says that he and his mother loved playing Scrabble. And they had played, ever since he was a little kid, they played Scrabble. And he had never beaten his mother because she was really, really good. And, and as he was getting older, he was getting better and better. So they're in this game which they're really, really close. And he plays Taiga. Yeah. And his mother challenges him. And he's like, no, Mom, it's a word. And she's like, what is it? He goes, some kind of mountain forest. <laughs> <laughs> and they looked it up. Obviously, it was a word. And he won. Yeah. Because Taiga was a word. And he knew that because of magic. I saw, it is probably five or, five or six years ago, um, on the ESPN replay of the Scripps Spelling Bee mm-hmm. in the finals, the, the word autochthon that we used okay. in Ravnica. Yeah. And I would have never, never encountered that word otherwise. There's just no way. So yeah, I was watching, uh, who makes a, who, uh, do you want to be a millionaire? What's that called? Who wants to be a millionaire? Who wants to be a millionaire? And the uh, quarter million dollar question was, what is the collective name for rhinos? I was like, score! <laughs> yeah, so there's another interesting thing we talk about, which is um, names tend to go through different, um, like, the, the different kind of names we'll do and we'll kind of rotate. Like, during Mirage, an era that I was very involved in, we got into this doing collective names thing, uh-huh. like Crash of Rhinos, obviously, um, except we had fun making ones up because yeah. all the real-world animals, there's a collective name. By the way, do you know is who that, made... Did, wait, is, did, is that when you guys got that book... Um, who's the... Yeah. Uh, the, the Lipton. Lipton, yeah. Lipton, yes. he, right, the, it's called... Yeah. Ex, 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 Exaltation ex, of Lark. Right, yes. Yes. So he wrote a book, the guy who does the, the, the actor studio. He's an actor. He wrote a book in which he just made up, basically. Here are the collective names for animals. And it's, it's become... If, if you're into, like, highbrow humor, yeah, it's really funny. It's a so, really good book. Right, so anyway, we used a bunch of those. Like, Murder of Crows, I think, is from that. Well, um, that's any, for real. Is that for real? That's for real. Anyway, we had fun making up our own. I, I had a blast. Like, I remember we did Cloud of Fairies. Yeah. And uh, it was fun. It's fun making those up. I had, I had, a, I had a good time. Um, did we ever end up doing the dwarf one? We, had a, we argued forever about what a collective names of dwarf supposed to be. Um, a tankard? <laughs> I don't know. Um, so, okay, so I realized I got off, off our time. So it's, names have to be pronounceable. People have to understand what they are. Um, they have to fit on the type line. Yes. Um, they have to not be a repeat. Oh, yeah. And also, they have to be um, reasonably uh, different in pronunciation from other cards that are likely to be in play or in standard at the same time. In the, you can give your click slither right. example. Right. So in one set, uh, was it Legions? There was quick sliver and click slither, which I, tr- I tried to stop so badly and just... I couldn't, at the time, I wasn't, I, I wasn't involved in names at the time. And uh, they're like, ah, oh, no problem. One's a goblin, one's a sliver. I'm like, and then there was actually a pro tour in which, like, Randy had said one, and the other person thought he meant a different one because it was limited. And, and like, this whole confusion came up because they were confused which it was. Um, so there have been times, and quite often if you're working on a, a set with 250 cards, um, you can be so close to it, you don't even realize what's happening. Yeah. And we would go through and we'd finalize all the names and then submit it to editing. And the editor would come back and say, you know you have four words that start, or four names that start with the word doom. Yeah. And we're like, really? What? Um, so we'd have to 
set about changing probably three of them to something else. Yeah, also, the editors will also catch, I mean, although this, is, this problem has happened in other languages, in English so far we've never actually repeated a name. And the editors often will catch it, because one of the passes they do is they go, have we ever used this name? And then sometimes there's some obscure card from way back when that, like, oh, here's a, here's a funny example. Um, I had a card in Un- Unhinged, uh, and the, the art was a guy was being erased by a giant eraser. Mm-hmm. And so I was going to call it Erase. And then um, somebody pointed out to me that there was a card called Erase in Urza's Legacy. Yeah. So I changed the name to Erase, not the one from Urza's Legacy. <laughs> no, but I, I was doing Unhinged, so I was allowed to... There's some creative solutions you don't have available to you in most... Uh... More tools in the toolbox. So here's another uh, thing. Um, so uh, I was in charge of names for Odyssey, uh, and right before Odyssey, I sort of got put in charge of names right... What was the set right before Odyssey? It would have been the end of... Um... Masks? No, no, no. Before Odyssey's Invasion, so it would have been Plane oh, Chase. Yeah. Uh, uh, it would have been um, Apocalypse. So I was... Uh, Apocalypse was about to go to films... And I needed to do a pass on it because the person who was charging names had just left the company. And so I got sort of uh, uh, tasked with, with names and flavor text. And so one of the cards was a card called Spirit Links, L-Y-N-X. Yes. Except it didn't have the ability Spirit Link. Uh, and, I mean, we now call it uh, Life Link. But at the time, it was, it was, it was casually known as Spirit Link because it's based on the Spirit Link card from Legends. And I was like, we can't call a card Spirit Links if it doesn't have Spirit Link. You know, and so now what happens is it was so late in the process. So wait, that's a perfect example of what we were talking about at the very beginning, yeah. which is how our own words end up kicking us in the gut. Oh, yes, exactly. So what happened was it was so late in the thing that the collector numbers had already been assigned to cards. And so what happened was I had to change the name, but I had to stay with a, a tiny gap. Yes. So like I, I had from like SL to SP or something. And so Spirit Links became Spectral Links, yes. Um, and and, and that, by the way, that happens all the time. You have to change names, and you have to stay within the collector number. Yes. Um, it's become almost a rite of passage for, like, uh, trying to solve. Do you have any, remember any for you that we had to solve a name? I mean, it happened so many times that it, it didn't even stick out as, a, like, a thing. Um, but a card might get changed late in development, um, but that card slot was already, like, baked into yeah. the set. Um, it might have changed from a creature to a sorcery and therefore couldn't be called something dude, you know. But it had to start with S. Yes. Oh, so here's another thing we have to be careful of is... Um, we talked about this a little earlier, but let me more clarify. Is you want to make sure that your name conveys to the person playing it, or especially the opponent, what kind of card it is. Um, one of my example of, I think a set that might have been our greatest error in names and flavor text was Champions of Kamigawa. Yeah. Because one of the things was they were trying so hard to sort of get this affectation of a Japanese flavor that they ended up making names that you had no idea what the cards were. They were so lyrical, they all sort of blended together. Right. It's kind of like that which stutters. You're like, is that a sorcery or is that a creature? Is that an enchantment? Like, you had no idea. That was a land, by the way. Oh, that land. <laughs> The, uh, the one I remember that my pet peeve was Council of the Sorotami, yes. um, which if you, if you read the word, the word council as in a body of people and council as in advice are spelled differently. Yes. But the problem is names are said 
And so when I say I do something, that you just hear it. And so Council of the Sword Tommy sounds like a bunch of guys from the, you know, a bunch of the Sword Tommy got together and, you know, like, and I, I dislike the name because it just didn't sound like a sorcery. Actually, it was an instant or sorcery, but it was a card drawer. I think it's sorcery. sorcery. Draw two cards? Yeah. Okay. Which divination, right? Yes. Which divination, better name. Yes. Although even divination, by the way, it's a noun. I mean, you, the thing that you learn, by the way, is that people, if they say something enough, it'll, it'll eventually just sound okay to them. But we do want to make sure that it, as much as possible, the names can help you in making it sound good. Oh, here's another thing to talk about. Sometimes, uh, another thing you have to be careful about is sometimes names you're not careful sound wrong if oh, you... Oh, God, there's so <laughs> that I don't um, even think we should mention here. They're... Well, I mean, how about this? I will mention a name that went awry and not explain how it got used. I will leave that for my audience. Okay. But a classic example was Stroke of Genius. Okay. Where when you verb it, it just oh, sounded they, wrong. They get way worse than that. Yes. In fact... There have been some card names that have made it as far as when we review the uh, yeah the oh, slideshow the slideshow yeah that have been again you can get so close to your own work that you can lose perspective and the writer lost perspective the person in charge of names and flavor text at the time lost perspective and even the editors lost it because yeah a card name came out that. If you read the, if you look at the words, yeah, it meant one thing, but if you actually read the words, right, it sounded it different. Meant, um, uh, a, a sort of violence against a particular subset of our culture. <laughs> I'll just leave it at that. It was yeah. horrible. Right, but but if you, if you, the problem is you're in the context of what it actually means, right. and sometimes it's hard to hear the other context. Yeah, when you look at it. Yeah. On a card, you see right. the word above the right. word above the effect. And, and you get, you you think, it's very common in writing you have this problem, where you know what you mean, yeah. so you always interpret the meaning you meant, and you just forget there's a completely different meaning. Um, right. Yeah, I mean, the, one of the things that's funny about names is that, like, I, I, I remember when I was putting together um, Odyssey, uh, I had to name the five Atogs. And so what we did was, all of them were some Latin root with Atog. Right. And um, I knew that one of them had the best chance of being the really good one. So at the last minute, I changed it. And originally, Psychotog had one of the other names. And I go, oh, I like Psychotog. I swapped him right. so that Psychotog would be on the one, which I'm happy because like, that ended up becoming this major, major card. And like Psychotog's a much, much better name than, I forget what the other ones were, but... They weren't as good as Psychotog. A Togatog? Oh, a Togatog's awesome. <laughs> what else can you call it? An eight dog that eats eight dogs. <laughs> so here's another thing that happens a lot, by the way, which is, so the way it works is the person who's in charge of names and flavor text, that is their job. I mean, they can be overruled as if anybody can be overruled by, you know, their bosses and stuff, but pretty much your job is like, you're the final say and this is what it is. And people will not like certain names and they will come to you and they will be very, very vocal about how they hate this name. Yeah. And um, part of the job is sort of balancing, you know, what you think's right, you know. Oh, here's an example of the opposite of that. Um, this was, it's either Guild Pact or, or Ravnica City of Guilds, where a random late development card comes in. It's just like a 
meaningless hole filler for a large black creature. Yeah. And we had to just shotgun a name onto this thing um, just to kind of shuttle it through the process. Yeah. And uh, then creative team member Brady Dommermuth had a moment of what I consider to be lowbrow genius when he came up with Helldozer. Oh, and I was funny. like, that is awesome. <laughs> and I poked that thing in and finalized it immediately. And it was, you know, less than a couple hours later when the development guys on the other side of the wall had seen what yeah. came to them. And they were like, that is so awesome. We are making this better than it was supposed <laughs> to be originally. I wrote the flavor text for Helldozer. Yes, you did. That, that was me goofing off on, uh... anyway, flavor text, that's, that's, that's a different topic. We did that last time. Um, so other things on names, I'm trying to think of other fun naming stories. Um, I know a lot of times what will happen is you will name something and then art comes in and then the art comes like just contradicts what the name was going to be. Here's a, here's a name uh, phenomenon that happens yeah. a lot. Um, one thing that many names have to be able to do is to be able to cycle. Um, the Atog is a, yeah. is a perfect example. Um, and anything times five is going to be difficult. You have to come up with some root or link between those five that right. is really flexible. And I've noticed that in almost every case three of them are good, right. four of them are solid, and one yeah. just stinks. And it makes you like cringe and, and, and you know get twisted in frustration thinking there's got to be a way to finish out this cycle without sucking. But yeah, it's just nine times out of ten, there's going to be a stinker in the group. So here, here's a story I came up with uh, of how I had a name I really loved, and then the art came in. Uh, we, we, we use it later, obviously, but okay, so uh, this was an odyssey. I forget the card, but uh, one of my writers had come up with the name Faceless Butcher, yep. and I thought that was the most awesome name, and then we get the art back, and he has a face! <laughs> like, No! And then we end up, so what happened was next time I saved it for, um, uh, quick after torment. And then the, the, the note in the art description is, no uh, Faceless Butcher does not have a face. <laughs> Just so we could get the name Faceless Butcher in. But, uh, but it's funny, like, one of the things about the names is it serves so many masters, you know, and that, like, right, it has to fit and it has to make sense sometimes in the rules text. And it has to sound right, and people have to be able to pronounce it, and they have to know what it means, although... So we, we had a, in our last conversation about flavor text, we had talked about how, in many ways, flavor text was a, uh, like a veneer, a, a, a lacquer that you could sure. apply to the card to sort of unify it all. Yeah. Um, but in a lot of cases, card names do that same thing, where you can take some wonky piece of art that somehow in the process ended up looking not anything like what the mechanic relates to at all. Right. And all you have to help out is some crazy turn of phrase or nuanced group of words to, yeah. to pull those things together. And that happens a lot. Yeah, uh, right. A lot of times, right, the, the, the component, like... Sometimes you get the art in and you have the mechanic and the art and the mechanic aren't perfect fits. They're kind of like 
And right, it's up to the name to save it all, to this, say... This bard <laughs> destroys enchantments, and the art is a woman asleep on a hill. What? Like, what is... What do you do with that? I'm pretty sure that's a real example, too. Yeah, there's one... Actually, I, I, in my Odyssey podcast, I talked about it, where we had swapped all the art... Back in the day, we used to swap art around... We don't do that much anymore. Our, 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 our art direction's got way, way better. But back in the day, we would have a lot of pieces and, like, we would move them where they needed to go. So, and, and then we would end up with, like, some random effect and some random, somewhat neutral-looking card. And then we had to somehow make it make sense. Um, and what was that card? It was uh, someone with fire. Ceasing fire. Ceasefire? Ceasefire. Right. Uh, the card we had left was a, a foggish effect in white and a picture of these... Guys sitting around like a fire with all the smoke with faces in the in the thing, and I knew that the card was a card that, that wouldn't be played a lot, and it was like a very neutral piece of art. So I'm like, okay, I'll figure this out, and like I came up with ceasefire because it stopped it stopped the attack, and it, it was fire. Sometimes that's all you need, by the way, is the name has to make sense with each. Like ceasefire made sense because there was a fire, and ceasefire made sense because it stopped damage, but. Hey, it connected both. Good enough, you know, and everybody, everyone's happy. The translators hated you. I'm sure they did. <laughs> There's no way to do that in their language. So, well, that's the other thing is you, we solve the problems in English, and then right, some some poor translator has to solve the problem in their own language. Yeah, it's rough. Um, yeah, I do know that the it's very very hard translating magic cards is very hard because you're not just directly translating. You have to solve the problem for your local language. So, I, I do know that it's. I've had a chance to talk with, with translators, and it's interesting because the problems that they have, like some of the, when you do names and flavor text, here's a whole other issue, which is problems with translation. And there's certain things that they have issues with. Um, and one of it is certain languages just can't talk about certain things really well. And so they, they respect the fact that we are sometimes doing specialized words, but... Um, I, I know in other languages that they have to be a little more blunt sometimes. That, like English will have the perfect word for this yeah. this concept, and in other languages, like, yeah, we don't have that word. Right. So, but uh, oh, here's another problem. Um, all German names increase the card line by what twenty percent? Oh. Like German is just about twenty percent longer, yeah. and so um, we have to be careful. I mean, sometimes we squeeze it in, but you always have to kind of be conscious of other languages, especially German, are longer. Right. Um, and then and the reverse prop, the reverse thing uh, in Japanese and Chinese, they tend to be shorter because they're using um, characters. Yeah, yeah, characters rather than. Um, but anyway, uh, it sounds like we're close to work. Any other any other things you think of that are like pitfalls of naming things that you would not have thought well, had you not done it? What sets did you name, by the way? I was going to ask you this um, earlier. The first Ravnica block, first or the Time Spiral block, and. Cold snap. It was that two-year period. Yeah. Whatever was in there. Um, and I did some uh, some of the late, late writing in whatever was the final set of the Kamigawa block. The Savior's Kamigawa. Yeah. Um, but after that... Um, sure, you, you you joined basically when I became head designer. Yes. Right. After... You were my first... But you were my first hire when I got the job because when I became head designer, I also ran the creative team for a while and the, like, the one of the very first things I did is I had to fill a position which you, you did an awesome test to get to fill that position. You made, a, you made a fine choice. Yes. Um, but I had, I had worked on names and flavor text as a, as a writer right, pretty you, you, much you, yeah. up until I came back to work here. 
three years ago. Yep. And, and, then, we, and, then, and then we sucked up all your time. <laughs> yeah. Not a lot of time to do the writing these days. Uh, That's true. No painting, no writing. I know. Beatings. Uh, so. One thing that, I, that um, is pretty interesting regarding card names is that a project that I'm working on right now that I can't really um, elaborate on for the folks, yep. but that requires me to find art that represents um, each of our major worlds and each of our major characters, like a suite of art for each of those yeah. uh, people and places. Um, enough to tell the tale, to right. summarize what that person or place is all about. And I can go through and, and find all kinds of awesome pieces of art, but so many of them have to get kicked to the curb because without the context of words, right? what the hell is going on? Yeah. Um, it's like the context of the card allows the art to play to, to be like a either a, uh, a visual evolution of a concept as yeah. opposed to being that very thing yes and I now have a, a greater appreciation for what uh, for what the names do um, there would be spells that um, summarize a wolf's predatory instinct or whatever yeah but when you take away the name it's a wolf yeah like what it, what do you do with that have to toss it in the uh, circular file, I guess. Well, I mean, the, the thing that I, I, I've said this multiple times is, is that just the power of words. Words are so powerful, and that you know the reason that like we will take on a single card. I mean, you could spend days and days and days trying to get the right name for a card. I did, um, and that <laughs> that happens, right? And, and the, the key of it is just you know, like the right word in the right context will just mean so much, and like if you're just off by a hair. It just isn't quite as right. Anyway, we are now here at work. I'm late for a meeting. Okay, Matt's late for a meeting, so I want to say thanks for joining us today, guys. And uh, i got to be going making magic. I'll talk to you next week.